0: (laughs) hello i'm pete can laughter leader positive thinker and entrepreneur and you're listening to laughter and positivity with pete where each week i'll bring you tips and tricks to lead a happier more positive life ready let's go So, hey guys, I'm very excited today to be joined with uh, with a good friend of mine. Uh, I've known him for, for quite a few years, and uh, his name is John Lamerton, otherwise known as Lamo, um, who describes himself as a normal bloke from Plymouth who's had more success than he's ever dreamed or deserved. He credits his success to becoming a routine machine and following the same simple everyday plan to achieve his goals that require neither superhuman effort or natural born talent. John, how are you? I am very well, Pete. Very well, indeed. Welcome to your
1: podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hasn't got the same ring the second take. It, it doesn't sound the same the second time
1: around, does it? But you know, we've we, we practiced at this now. Come on, we're following the script.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. So uh, let's 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 start with, um, so superhuman. So if you were, if you did have a superpower, John, what would it be?
1: Oh, if I did have a super hu- superhuman power, it would be to foresee the future i think i like predictability so if i could foresee what the future brings that would be my my ideal power whether that would make me a power for good or a power for evil
0: only time will tell you'll be able to find out when um when covid finishes and we can all get back to normal i
1: know when i can get a haircut i don't have to wear a baseball cap to do podcast interviews it'd be brilliant (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna tell you that it's not gonna go live anywhere or 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 the video's not going anywhere, but it's just quite nice to see you with a hat on for a change, mate. Oh, sure. no. so, it covers uh, up the ball patch as well, you see. <laughs> so so John, I've known you uh, we have known each other for quite a long time. Um and since knowing you, um I've got to know quite a bit about your story, but mm. obviously the people listening to this podcast don't know you and don't know your story. So can you just concisely as quick as possible Four to five minutes. Who's John Lemon? Concisely, quickly as possible. My my reputation precedes me,
1: doesn't it? Cool. Right. Former civil servant. Hated my job. Decided to uh, teach myself how to become a dot-com millionaire. Uh, Early 2000s, press is full of Brent Hoberman, Martha Lane Fox, having ideas, being made millionaires overnight. Jobs are good and I can do that. No idea why I thought I could do that because... Let's face it, my first business, internet marketing business, um, I knew nothing about running a business, I knew nothing about marketing, and I didn't even have access to the internet. So three small problems, got over that, quit my day job, 20 years later, still running an internet marketing business, now doing sports betting businesses, angel investments, business coaching for lifestyle entrepreneurs. Um, angel investing. I said angel investing just now. Didn't I? I love angel investing so much. I do it twice. And I have over it three the,
0: times now, mate. Three times. <laughs> and over those
1: 20 years, I have optimized my routines to deliver my ideal lifestyle. And that is what really makes me tick. That's what I'm all about. That is why we are sat here today. And I am wearing swim shorts and I have sand on my feet. <laughs> <laughs> nice,
0: mate. Nice. And that, that's just because you haven't um laid your um your tiles yet outside, is that
1: right? <laughs> so I've just been on the building site, you
0: know. <laughs> they, they hate me at the local play park. <laughs> Brilliant. So so you mentioned daily, um, oh, you said Routine Machine. Mm-hmm. Um, I see the way you sort of dropped that one in there. So, so do, tell me a bit about your Routine Machine, because I think that's the name of your book as well. I, th-
1: I believe it is. The name of my second book, Routine Machine. Uh, best-selling book available on Amazon and all good bookstores as long as they begin with the word Amazon. Um, yeah, I, I discovered a few years ago how important Routine was to me. Um, it's always been important, but it was... I was doing the podcast rounds for my first book, um, "Big Ideas for Small Businesses," about three years ago now, and this one host just really grilled me. And he was, pro- you know, n- not like you, you know, he was like Paxman compared to you. And he just he said at one point, "So what do you do then? Yeah, you know, what should, what's your average day look like? Okay, so what? How does this business work? What do you do for that? What what marketing do you do for that?" Um, how often do you do that? When do you do that campaign? And it, my answer to almost everything was, yeah, that happens every day. That happens twice a week. Uh, that happens on the third Friday of every month, unless this happens. This happens uh, on, in October and March without fail. And you went, I think for you, routines are pretty key, aren't they? And after that podcast, I just sat there and thought, they bloody are, you know, because there's nothing in my life that I haven't outsourced to routine. I remember reading the four-hour work week years ago and thinking, oh yeah, I need to outsource everything. Well, no, I I don't outsource it to the Philippines or I don't outsource it to other people or systems or anything like that or tech. I, I outsource it to routines. I outsource it to these automatic routines that I just do without thinking about it. The same way you would tie your shoelaces in the morning or you put your trouser legs on you know one leg on before the other and you just do it automatically without thinking and i've just outsourced all the
0: important stuff to that perfect so so let's dig deep then mate because there's there's a reason why you 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 like routine mm. so where where's it come from where where it go back as far as you can I, d- I don't know
1: because i think it's it's always been important to me. And maybe this is why I gravitated towards the civil service because civil service is very, it's regimented, it's process driven. It is, uh, you know, somebody fills in this form and then three days later, this happens. And then 90 days later, there's a review and six months later, this happens. And I fell into that and kind of, yeah, I I did quite well with that. Um, But I think more for me, it's, it probably in a business sense it's going back to when we got our google kicking back in sort of 2012 and i had this realization that we had this one particular business that had survived this google kicking where all the other businesses didn't and what set that business apart was that i had this one page marketing plan and that one sheet of A4 ran that business. And when I say ran the business, it kind of it massively grew the business. We, over about an 18-month to about two-year period, 10 x that business with one sheet of paper just following a checklist of every day, if this happens, do X. If this happens, do Y. If this happens, do Z. And we just followed that process through. And I think... When you get a feedback loop and you do something, you change something, um, you see the results of that change and then you go, ha-ha, that works. And for me with the routines, it was a kind of, I'd do something, I'd see the feedback and go, okay, you know, sending weekly emails is one of my big, big things. I talk about it in Routine Machine. There's a whole structure there for business owners in particular on how weekly emails can Massively, massively grow your business. And that's just from a feedback loop of, well, let me send an email out. And I used to, back in the day, early 2000s again, send an email out, earn money. And I just figured out if I send an email every week, I earn money every week. So why would I wait three or four weeks between emails? So I just set a routine. And for me, it was every Thursday I send out a newsletter. And I called it a newsletter. I wouldn't do that now. But that's evolved now. I send one every Wednesday. If you join my mailing list, you will get an email from me every single Wednesday lunchtime. And people sign up for that. They love getting it. It gives them great value to receive these emails. I'm not selling. These are not sales emails that I'm sending out every week. But I've seen the feedback from that and gone, that works. So let me outsource that. Let me automate that and make it happen every week. Now, it's not completely outsourced because I'm doing the work. But it's outsourced in that I know what I'm doing and I know when I'm doing it, and I obviously we know we talked before about batching and stuff like that, but ultimately I know Wednesday lunchtime there's an email going out from me. Um, last working day of every month, I'm doing a review of you know previous month's profit and loss. Um, first Tuesday of every month, I'm going through the
0: numbers with our um, financial director. These things just so, happen so so okay they're good positive routines Mm -hmm. okay have you always been had positive routines have you always been a positive mind routine type of guy
1: uh i've had negative routines as well but in terms of like positive mindset yes i think i've always been a positive person um i i remember when i first started with like the civil service there was this one guy who just couldn't figure me out and he, he just openly said to me, I can't figure you out. He said, "You nothing phases you. He says, you know, because civil servants, they oh, they worry, they panic. And they always, they're, they're just fear motivated. I mean, I'm, I'm generalizing all civil servants there. But the ones I worked with were, this is obviously going back to the 90s now, very negative. They were worried about losing their jobs. They were worried about how they're going to pay their mortgage. And I just remember this one guy saying to me, as a... Yeah, you know, I was what, seventeen, eighteen years old. He said if you're any more laid back, you'd be horizontal. He said you just you take everything in your stride. And I think I've seen it now where with with the businesses, for example, I mean you know some of the kickings we've taken, even just the last couple of years, whereby we've lost our main supplier, we've lost our payment processor, um, you know, we, we lost our key a key member of staff. Who the business was actually designed around? Oh, and then somebody started a global pandemic, and every time that happens, I kind of, I metaphorically kick the cat for like a day, and I I have a little pity party, and I go, oh woe is me! Why why is this happening to me? This is so unfair. Uh, that's it. I'm I'm going to lose the business. I'm going to lose the house. It's all going to hell in a handcart. And then I go, right, okay, you've had your little pity party, John. Uh, it's time to make a plan. And so literally, I mean, my, my COVID plan is on my desk here. Um, I've got my exit plan for the next 18 months on my desk there. And I work through a plan. And the plan is, what am I doing? When am I doing it? What can I outsource to routines? So our COVID plan was, how often are we going to email our members? Three times a week, at least. Um, you know, What are we going to do? We're going to speak to all of our suppliers on time, we're going to pay everybody on time, we're going to do the right thing by everybody here. Um, and it is just, I think, now natural for me. And when people hear about some of the stuff we've gone through, it's it's strange because I still have fear, I still have worries. But I think in as I'm now a couple of decades into running a business, know that actually whatever gets thrown at me i will cope with and i will yeah.
0: adapt and i just i know that now yeah okay so so where where did the positive mindset come from then what 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 can, if, can you pinpoint a time where a book you read or an something you listened to something you watched something that that sparked off this journey
1: i can't think so no i i think cuz i was thinking about this earlier and i thought well I've always, as far as I can remember, I've always been positive and I I don't know, I guess that must come from, from my parents or something like that. I don't know. Um, maybe, maybe the people I actually grew up with, but I always seem to, I always seem to see the positives in things. Um, some people are just naturally glass half empty, um, you know my father in law is an ex bank manager he sees the negative in everything and we 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 have some fantastic ding-dongs with him you know we we can read the same article and he will just see the negative and i will see the positive uh, i'll see the opportunity where he sees how the how the world is going to end and everybody's going to die and we're all going to lose everything that we've ever worked so hard to to get and it's it, i don't know possibly if i'd grown up with that um, as my main influence, maybe I'd be negative as well, or maybe I'd be the opposite. Maybe I'd be, oh, my God, I don't want to be negative. So I think environment plays such a big factor in it. Um, I, I'm not going to say you know, my parents were supremely positive or supremely negative um, when I was growing up. There's no I, – I don't recall picking up a book and suddenly flipping my mindset from one to the other. I just feel that I've
0: always – seen opportunities um so, so so you said about environment hmm. as well then so so how important is it surrounding people yourself with people that are like-minded
1: it's it's crucial i mean come on but you know that we've been part of mastermind groups and entrepreneurial groups for as long as we've known each other um it's a game changer um it's i think jim rome was the first well, this was the one that's credited with saying you are the average of the five people you hang around with. Um, I heard a, a variation on this the other day, which was called something like five chimps. And he said that you, know, you can put uh, any chimpanzee with four other chimps and you can dictate the behavior of that chimp by the four chimps you put them with. So if you put a chimp with four aggressive chimps, he will become aggressive. If you put him with four passive chimps, he will become passive. If you put him with um, energetic chimps, he will become energetic. And just everybody that you hang around with, it's osmosis. You naturally become like your environment. You become like the people you hang around with. Um, We've seen it, as I say, with the the entrepreneurial groups you just know straight away am i playing in the right playground here and i think you know present company accepted obviously you know i think we are
0: (laughs) being an author best-selling author Mm -hmm. i I hasten to add and two very good books i've read both from cover to cover and um I just think you know. You obviously you've you've consumed a lot of books in your time as well. You've read a lot of books, mm. and there must be a couple of standout ones that if, you know. People, people who listen to this podcast, there are people that uh, who sort of want to get involved in positivity. They want to get into the mindset. They want to they want to sort of learn this and develop themselves. I mean, is there any go to books that you would say? Well, what, start with this one and and see how you get on.
1: I think uh, if you're a business owner then I think there's there's a very good um, book. It's very, very short. It's about 90 minutes on Audible. And I would recommend the Audible version. Um, and it's called Anything You Want by a chap called Derek Sivers. And Derek Sivers basically founded an online CD business back in the 90s, exited in 2008, sold his business for $22 million. Now, that's not the story. The story is not how I made $22 million. Um, the story is he at no point wanted to build a $22 million company. Uh, he tells a famous story about how it was him and his mate in his in his spare bedroom. And he wrote a letter saying, one day we're going to have to take on a third member of staff and we might have to expand in the garage. And then three years later, they've got 85 members of staff. He is a, he calls himself well, doesn't call himself now. he's he's been called a business philosopher and so much of my thinking is now shaped by listening to Derek Sivers talk about what do you actually want why you know why do you want your business to do this yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna grow this business and I'm gonna make 22 million dollars why the hell do you want that because I you know he kept saying about you'd get phone calls from investors oh we can invest in your business we can make it massive And he just instructed people to just immediately say, no, thank you. You know, Even the receptionist would just go, no, thanks. We're not interested in retirement. Oh, don't you want to grow? No, no. I want my business to be smaller, not bigger. And he talks so much in there about, I just want to do what makes me happy and what makes me happiest. And he drills down into that so much, Um, even between every little decision you make, he talks about what you want now versus what you want most so what i want now it's lovely and sunny outside what i want now is an ice cream a nice like salted caramel ice cream covered in chocolate sauce but what i want most is to be able to get into these 30 inch shorts and so what i want most has to win over what i want now and I, I just i love that book as i say if you're a business owner i think there's so much you can take out of it um if you're not a business owner and you want to look at mindset, it depends what struggles you're having with it, because it could be self-talk, um, it could be again a bad upbringing, it could be a bad environment, it could be something horrible has happened to you. I think you know there's so many books. Um, Nick Wojcik's book, if you, if you've had some some kind of trauma or tragedy happen to you, um, and you're saying why me, why me? Well, actually, picking up Nick Wojcik's book can't remember the name of it no life without limits that's it um pick up that book uh Darren Brown's book happy that was a good book on um a little bit of stoicism I think that's most most of the books I've read around mindset and around happiness always reference or lead back to stoicism and that then depends on your take on stoicism um, a lot of Derek Sivers stuff comes from that uh, so much of Stoicism for me goes over my head and I just immediately, when I see the words Marcus Aurelius, I just go, oh my God, I'm not going to get this. I, I shut down. When I hear a modern guru, for want of a better sake, um, kind of translate that for me into modern speak, then all of a sudden I understand the concepts. And then you know, if you're looking at modern people who do that sort of thing, you're looking at the likes of Ryan Holiday. And oh, what's the other one I'm thinking of? Um, Greg McEwen, Essentialism is a good one. Um, okay. So lots of choices there. Lots I think so, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm famous for my book recommendations. I've been called a book dealer. You know, you get like a drug dealer, it's like, yeah, I, I, can, I can recommend you something. No, no. If you've got a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find me, I can recommend you a book. <laughs>
0: Perfect. So so that's a good one. So where, where can people find you then John to get a book
1: recommendation? To get a book. well actually you can you can get I've on my website. So my website is bigidea.co.uk. You can get those weekly emails that I talked about earlier, but I've also got my recommended reading list. So this started off as my top 10 books that everybody needs to read. And then 10 became 25 and 25 became 30, 30 became 50. Uh, I think at the moment it's advertised on the website as my top 80 plus books. And I, ch- I um, totted them up about, couple, about three days ago, 106 books on that list now. So, And I've, I've narrowed them down into sections. So if you want to know a book about um, relationships, mindset, health and fitness, um, marketing, sales, um, financial growth, investments, then I've kind of categorize them a little bit um what i'm working on at the moment is expanding that even further and i'm now taking recommendations from other people i'm collating what i like about these books with what other people have told me that they like about the books i just want to make that resource more useful for people so yeah head to the website bigidea.co.uk i think if you click on the books tab um there's a link there and it just says uh, whenever you go there, it will probably say by then. Get my top five thousand books.
0: <laughs> so if um if I was starting out again, sort of the positive side of things, and and is there is there two habits that you would pinpoint that you do on a daily basis that you feel because obviously, like you say, you are the routine machine. You everything's a routine. But what what two things? If I said to you today, John, you can't do that anymore, you would think actually that would affect my. Mindset and the way that that I feel. Uh, now I know, obviously, you're going to interview a
1: lot of people for this podcast, and you're going to hear the word meditation for that answer every time. So I'm going to not buck that trend, <laughs> but I, I wouldn't call it meditation. For me, it's my daily saunas, and it's my uh, call it meditation, call it a reboot, call it whatever you like. But for me, every day I end the day with a sauna. So we've got a sauna in our, in our uh, bathroom downstairs, it goes on and I just sit in there in the heat, sometimes in silence, sometimes I've got a meditation app open. But for me, the important thing is that I'm in there and I'm rebooting, I'm shutting down for the day, I'm downloading everything. And that's made the difference for me because the most important routine for me and the thing that I ha- I spend the most time crafting is my sleep. And I know that the better I sleep and the more quality, high quality sleep I get, the better I am at everything. Um, I I starved myself of sleep two weeks ago to see what happened, And I track it. I've got a little ring here, which tracks my sleep. All my metrics went down. I started doing brain training apps and I was all of a sudden getting like 20, 25% lower scores than I was before. Um, I was getting angry. I was getting stressed. I was getting so irritable about minor things. I think at one point I was sat there and my phone just didn't work, and I I roared. I was like, "Whoa, where has that come from?" Because that's not me. I'm so laid back. I'd be horizontal when I get enough sleep. You know, you know, the Hulk
0: is like you wouldn't like him when he's angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm sleep deprived. <laughs> <laughs> so that's number one, then, your sauna, second one then. Or is the second one sleep? I, I think the second one is sleep. Well, I think I think, okay. I think everything is sleep. For me, yeah. the, you
1: know all, all the routines I do, from the minute I wake up to the minute I go to bed, are centered around how can I be the best version of everything that I do, whether that's um, you know, my workouts. So you know, I do hit training a couple of times a week. I do daily 60 minutes of elevated heart rate. Unless my sleep tracker says, You didn't sleep very well last night, John. The best thing you can do today is lie on the sofa and recover. In which case the HIP sessions go straight out the window. So the sleep is the one lever. And I know you said two habits, two routines. For me, there's a million routines, but they all have that same lever of sleep. If I don't get enough sleep, It doesn't matter if I journal, it doesn't matter if I meditate, it doesn't matter if I exercise and eat healthily. I probably won't do any of those things either, because the other thing I did when I deprived myself of sleep was I exercised less, I couldn't be asked to go out for my daily walks with the dog, and I craved carbs nonstop. So just if you're going to do, don't do two things,
0: do one thing and do it well. Do, do, do you know what? Just going on the back of that, because um I've known I've 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 I have known i have i have i have i have shared a sauna with you, John, a few times. Um and uh not at your house mind. Um we're, we're not that friendly yet. But no no um, and social wait, distancing is probably yes. not a good idea right now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um but one thing that I've been working on the last two weeks is my nighttime routine and mm. I don't have a sauna, but I've I've got a hot bath and I I have a hot bath yep. and I use that as the reboot and then I do a I've got a 25 minute meditation that i will do and then i'm in bed by sort of quarter past nine Mm. and actually i'm bouncing out of bed at 5 a.m and when i bounce out of bed that's when i get my little morning routine done and then boom magic happens and it's just like actually you're right you just need you need to and and that was what i was missing was the evening routine because i've been doing a daily morning for for years but the evening was the bit, and and it's you're right. It's the sleep, and and I think also the getting your your you know if you have a hot sauna or you have a hot bath or anything that gets that blood heated up, I think it is. It makes you sleep. Deeper. It is.
1: It's basically to be able to to be able to go straight to sleep um, very quickly. Your body naturally needs to drop. Your body temperature needs to drop. In order to do that, easy way to do it is elevate it first. So you have a hot bath or you have a sauna what's going to happen immediately you get out of the bath or the sauna is your body temperature is going to drop and your your primeval brain is then going to go oh the temperature's dropping it's time for sleep if you imagine what we're designed to do we are still designed to be cavemen so we should be sleeping outside when it's dark and when it's cold so your bedroom needs to be dark and it needs to be cold and your body temperature needs to drop because what was the cue For cavemen, when they didn't have watches, and they didn't have iPhones, and they didn't have alarms to tell them it was time to go to bed, the cue was, oh, look, the sun's gone down. Oh, it's getting a bit cold. Let me lie down. I'm getting sleepy. You know, your body is is creating the chemicals that make you sleepy, and if you are watching Netflix until 11 p.m., and then you go to bed with your phone, getting blue light in your eyes, and then an hour later, you're like... I wonder why I can't sleep.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, exactly, and, exactly. I mean, I, I read a good book on sleep. I, I'm said I'm still hacking sleep. Um, I can't think who was he was a sports scientist. I cannot remember the name there, but the book is called Sleep. Very, very short book. He talks about uh, you're cracking your whole day up into 90 minute segments. Every 90 minutes you have a rest, you have a recovery period, and the 90 minutes immediately prior to going to bed that is your pre-sleep routine. The 90 minutes immediately following your sleep is your post-sleep routine. And so you've got your morning routine. You've had that for years. So what was missing, as you said, was that pre-sleep routine. So people think they can just go out, well, I used to, be able to do it, go out clubbing, you know, or go out for a meal. That was my big thing. I used to go out for a meal. I used to finish the meal with a double espresso, come home, 11 o'clock, into bed, pff, lights out. Of course, if I was tracking my sleep back then, I was probably getting very, very poor quality sleep, but I felt that I was able to do it. You can't do it. You've got to have that pre-sleep routine, enough sleep for you. And what I've discovered is that differs for everybody. You're the second podcast I've been on this week where they said they get up at like 5 a.m. And I'm like, no, I nearly killed myself two weeks ago and my alarm went off at 7.15. So, you know, for me, eight o'clock is the bare minimum that I can get up but that's me that's how much sleep I need and that's my circadian rhythm that suits me and that's one of the things I'm very very keen on talking about with routine machine is throughout that book I'm not saying this is what you need to do here here's your routine that I'm giving you and I'm dictating you choose absolutely every element of the routine but it's based on that feedback loop we talked about earlier you change something you try something you look at the results, and then you say, "Is this is this working for me?" When I deprived myself of sleep, I got up. I was getting stuff done. I was I was I was smashing it for the first five days, and then I hit a brick wall. And I was like, "This is not working for me."
0: Uh, so so so, what what three things bring you joy?
1: Uh, do you know what? I love this question for you? Do you know why I love this question? Go on, because you sent it to me. Uh, what? three days ago, four days ago. And I wrote down my answers. I wrote down these three answers. I was like, yeah, I know, I know the three things that bring me joy. And then I went away and got on with my life. And this morning, um, we talked before we come on the call and I said, I've got sand on my feet right now because I've been to the beach. So it's, it's a nice sunny day. We're in the middle of like post post lockdown, but we're not really allowed out still. And I thought I want to go out, so we headed with the kids to the beach. So I've spent this morning just splashing around in the sea, uh, playing football, walking out in the sunshine. It's glorious sunshine here, and I've had a brilliant time. And I got here, and I I blue tacked my answers to my screen here, so I wouldn't forget what I was going to say. And the three words I have down here that the three things that bring me joy are family, sunshine and fun. So, it's been a good day.
0: Nice, mate. Nice. And and, and just to repeat where, where, where's the best place for people to reach out to you if they if they want to sort of say hi and get to know you a bit more?
1: Yeah, the the website is the best way. Uh bigidea.co.uk. You've got yeah, you can get in contact with me there. You've got we've got a podcast you can listen to, you can buy my books, you can get my top eight million books that I recommend you
0: read. <laughs> it's gone up since we've been chatting. and that's exactly that's our cue to stop for recording right now. Yeah, Chewy knows we've had enough now. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to laughter and positivity with Pete to access today's show notes and exclusive content please head over to Petecan.com forward slash podcast be sure to tune in next week for your next dose of laughter and positivity until then remember if Pete can you can